On this episode of AV Week, Cisco's laying off 14,000 employees. What were the most innovative things to come out of the Infocom show? Plus, how to get into the house of worship market. All that and more, next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Crestron. This is AV Week, episode 260, recorded Friday, August 19th, 2016. Hear the word of the Lord. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tom Albright. I am your host. Good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you're listening to this fabulous podcast. If you're watching live, uh, you're streaming. Good afternoon on a good Friday. Uh, with us to talk about all the things AV, first and foremost, um, CTS uh, committee person, uh, consultant uh, with TCOM, and the editor-in-chief of all things AV Nation, Josh Trago. How are you, how are, how are you sir? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself, Tim? Not too bad. Not too bad. Also with us is a programmer extraordinary and also host of A State of Control, Mr. Steve Greenblatt with Control Concepts. Welcome, sir. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, and last but not least, a, a good old friend that I've been trying to get on uh, this very show uh, remotely for freaking you know, 10 years. Uh, his name is Josh Shanahan. Uh, he is from uh, Sport View Tech, also vice president of the board of NSCA. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Tim. Absolutely. Uh, all right, guys. So let's let's kick this off. Uh, first and foremost, uh, from Fortune Magazine. Uh, it's always a good, you know, when, when you can use Fortune as a as a story, it's always a good thing. Um, Cisco is laying off 14,000 people. Holy shnikey. <laughs> and here's the thing. That may sound like a lot until you understand the percentage. It's only 20% of their workforce. Again, holy cow. Uh, according to Fortune, uh, they are doing this um, to shift from making hardware to becoming a software company. Fortune points out that this is not the only software and, and um, tech company to do this in the last couple of months. Uh, also, Microsoft and HP have also announced job cuts this year. Uh, Shrego, you are the closest person to this, so I'm going to start with you on, on talking about this. Geographically speaking, you're, you're in San Francisco, just, just north of Silicon Valley. First of all, what does this mean to AV? The fact that Cisco, a, a predominant um, AV company now that they, they purchased Hamburg a number of years ago, and the fact that they released their first um, Avenue certified, their, their first Avenue product, it's not Avenue certified yet, but their first Avenue switch. What does this mean for AV, the fact that they're dropping 20% of their workforce and focus, focusing more on software? That the machines have taken over? Um... But that's the thing. They, they're not doing the machines anymore. <laughs> Well, but that's the thing is because they've created them all, they don't. They need a less workforce because the machines are doing the work for them. But in seriousness, um, basically, it's th this is a, a pure recognition of the fact that 
with software development and Cisco is taking the same methodologies a lot of people are. They're taking the acquisition model. Um, they're finding other startup companies or smaller companies that are doing something that they want to produce and they're acquiring those companies. So my, I think I'm really curious to see that uh, as an independent entity, are these groups being treated as a subsidiary with their own name? Um, are they actually part of the Cisco family? So are they laying off people from all these acquisition companies or are they laying off people from inside Cisco? Uh, I mean, the fact is it's switches are reaching a point where yeah, the chipsets are getting smaller and we're continuing to engineer new forms of backbone, but that's what Cisco's really known for. That's where a lot of their bread and butter has been. Um, so from the AV perspective, I, I think it's less significant than it is from the IT perspective. Uh, it's a de big demonstration of the fact that uh, there is further and continued investment. It's it's you know it's the trend. It, it is a, a specific model of the trend that has been taking place of moving everything more towards a software-based solution, moving more things away from that because they've already got the backbone. Um, they recognize that their codecs are losing in competition to the software-based you know Skype for Business. They're losing or Link or whatever you want to call it um, because people still use both. It's losing to blue jeans. It's losing to Zoom. It's losing. They're losing these numbers. The the numbers aren't nearly doing as well, and so they're trying to find better ways to offer their services. Uh, they also want to get into more of the analytics world, so that way they can start to control the data that's going over their networks. Uh, look at the acquisitions that they've been making, and the the article talks about some of them in terms of analytics companies and the ability to track that information. That's I, I talk about it continuously in my my government's uh, presentations as well uh, government policy presentations as well as my security presentations of this is where people are heading they want more information and having the access to that information or controlling that information is where the money is information is the new currency the more information that you have the better off you're going to be because you can dictate how things are going to be done from there because you have hard data to back it up. And this is another example of a high-tech company doing it. Microsoft is doing other things as uh, the similar things as well. They were mentioned in the article as laying people off. So this is this is just further evidence of a trend uh, in the way things are are moving forward in terms of the manufacturers and the providers of these technical solutions that the AV industry is just basically taking and then implementing. It's kind of ironic, you know, but go, go ahead, Josh. Struck a chord there. You know, if you really look historically speaking, look at IBM. I mean, they got out of the hardware business long ago. Uh, they've got their Watson um, engine, so their AI engine that they're that they're trying to leverage out, and they're a data storage and analytics company now. So, I mean, these guys aren't necessarily ahead of the curve as it pertains to getting out of the hardware market, going to the cloud and um, the data the data analytics business. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's one of the things is, is uh, Shrego mentioned the fact that Microsoft is getting out of the hardware business, which is ironic, the fact that they started as a software company, right? They're, they're going back, I guess, to their roots. Um, Steve, something that, that, that Josh uh, Strago mentioned, the fact that it, this is an IT, bigger, a bigger IT problem than it is an AV problem. The fact that, that convergence has happened, and I'm going to make that statement as, as just a general statement, and you can disagree with that if you'd like, but the fact that that convergence has happened, doesn't that still make it an AV problem? Well, I, I mean, I, I think 
what I t- took out of this, and I think where what is a good sign, and of course I speak from a software perspective, is that uh, we, you know we're we're kind of seeing a similar shift where where we're talking about going to services, we're talking about going more along the lines of of solutions, um, and and hardware is one component of it, and of course the hardware needs to be there, and we always want innovation, but. Um, what, what I would question is is that how how long is this going to last for uh, th- them to be short this number of employees? Do they look to just refill those spots with different skill sets? And is that something that you know? So so is this maybe something that's going to be short lived, where they're they're just they're they're going to be shifting their model and they're going to be hiring different types of talent to be able to to provide these new solutions that, that they're looking for but um, you know to, uh, to to answer your question uh, of course you know we, we all depend on Cisco on, on some level and, and everything that we do I, I would think almost every project that we that we work on so so of course the the hardware does need to be there to su- support what we're doing let me see if I'm, I understand what you're saying though is is just because they're dropping these jobs again 20 percent of their workforce you're saying it's very possible that, that it's a short-term drop and that they're going to be hiring different people, possibly bringing that that total employee count back up to, to equal, just different types of people? That that would be a thought that I would have. I mean, I, I, I kind of looked at this as, as, as a pivot. Not necessarily uh, something that lo- was a sign of, of um, you know poor earnings or poor economy or, or, or poor market, but more of a pivot in business. Okay, no, very good. Very interesting, actually. All right, uh, let's talk a little bit about Infocom, the show. This would probably be the last story we do for this. Um, but it was very interesting. Um, it's from Digital Journal. Uh, they talk about the, their, their headline is the five surprisingly innovative AV products from Infocom 2016. Uh, they talk about Key Digital, Atlona, TV1, Kramer, specifically Kramer Control, as well as Avonview. Uh, whether you went to the show or whether you didn't attend the show, most likely you saw Every press release, every video, you know, all the stuff that that we put out, that you know, SCN put out, that um, you know, um, Rave put out, that Commercial Integrator put out, that that all these great uh, media companies put out. I want to ask the question here from from you three: What did these guys miss? What? Uh, and, and you can talk about you know whether it's Light Loners or Key Digitals or whoever's. What did may, may, maybe they miss from this show? that was, oh my gosh, so compelling or, or show, so moving forward. Uh, Josh Shanahan, I want to start off with you on this one. What, from your perspective, was the most innovative or one of the most innovative things you saw come out of the show? Of course, I'm probably the worst person you could have asked. Him. That's why I wanted to start with you, actually. <laughs> uh, and uh, for, you know, the main reason being is that I don't think anything all that innovative uh, was going to come out of it. And, uh, so, you know, I'm one of those people that's kind of said, you know, the value of the show is, is just not there for me to attend. In fact, um, we only sent a couple people from our technical staff. Um, and the question was raised, what was innovative? What blew you away? And there really wasn't anything. It was a little bit more of the same. Um, you know, analog going to IP, uh, things along those lines. Uh, but I think one of the things that the manufacturers in AV are really missing is we see these trends um, developing more and more from the cloud perspective is that a lot of our AV devices aren't, uh, we're not able to um, control them using SN- S, uh, uh, SNMP protocols. Uh, so 
and maybe Steve, you've got some comment to that extent as well. We'd like to see more of that. Steve, from a control standpoint, is that what you're looking for? Well, I, I think well, it's certainly I, I think a, good a good way of making products more IT-centric. And I think the, you know, that that's what IT um, managers are, are definitely looking for. And, and there are a lot of products that have and and were able to support um, SNMP for, for some time. It's, it's, I guess, getting that information, get, getting the, the AV industry to understand the importance of that. All right. Well, Steve, then from from your span, uh, perspective, what was what was a if if you thought that anything was innovative, what was innovative coming out of the show? Well, what what I got a lot out of is everybody's trying to provide a platform. So the, the so system the uh, the idea that you're going to buy one product from different manufacturers is probably going to, to be less of a trend, whereas you're going to buy a solution from, from a different manufacturer. And, and, every, and not only that, they're also going to be able to give you uh, the ability to monitor your, your equipment. And they're going to, uh, and, and everybody seems to have uh, a, a little bit of control here and there. Um, so it, it, it seems to be that, and, and you know, one of the things that I think w was the big story, w which we, we've touched on before, is, is uh, the trend to make programming easier so that pro projects can be done quicker and, and there could be uh, supposedly less complication. And, and we talked about this on a state of control a little bit. Um, the, the idea that certain types of projects warrant easier and quicker solutions. And hopefully that allows us to, to get more technology into more spaces. So let me ask you this. Is that a good thing? that go back to your, your statement about buying everything and purchasing solutions from one company. Is that a good thing? It depends who you ask. <laughs> I'm asking you. I have my own opinion about that. <laughs> well, well, as a, as somebody who makes a living making disparate pieces of equipment work together, I w like to have a, a mixed bag because that's what we do and yeah. that's that's what we've always done. But I can see the value to a customer to have a universal, you know, a, a one branded solution, so that they they have one point that they go to for support, and um, they they have also the confidence that everything's going to work together. Okay, Mr. Schrager. They also have to follow yeah. demand their own devices and want to sell that direct to the end user too. That's part of the challenge. Is that the ability to, to manage your prices and stuff? Well, no, no, no. Manage their devices through their cloud. Okay. And it further substantiates what Steve was saying. I mean, kind of the magician behind the curtain is what we do to program and make all these devices interoperate. But if, if you're just plugging manufacturers' devices in from their platform, it's going up to their cloud and even in some cases self-configuring, and then they're managing it behind the scenes. The system integrator is relevant says, as, as they stand today becomes less and less. Okay. Well, certainly Steve's does. Well, no, and, and, and yours to a, to a certain extent. Um, how then, I guess you say how then, but, but what do you do to not necessarily maintain relevance, but provide a benefit to, to your client? And that's for Josh or, or, or Steve, either one. 
so, so one of the things that we've done differently is that we we work on trying to build the components to that that uh, add on to a system. So there there still are areas where you can bring in external uh, functionality, um, whether it's interfacing with a database or interfacing with an external piece of software for scheduling. So so that realm has not become one manufacturer based. So you kind of have to look maybe bigger picture wise what you can do to to integrate and to to provide solutions. Uh, you, you may not have uh, the the programming the, the programming within a room may be more co more more simplified, but the programming of a of an enterprise um, system can can still require specialty skills. All right, Mr. Shanahan, from your standpoint, how do you how do you bring value if if you know your your clients, whether it's education or or corporate, um, are getting all these these you know simplistic all in one packages? I mean. How do you how do you differentiate yourself? You've got to be the experts at how those how that environment reacts in the standard IT environment. Um, what are going to be the network the results of uh, connecting to the networks? Um, what sort of network configurations optimize audiovisual um, uh, transmission and, and that kind of thing? Very good. Mr. Strago, from your standpoint, I'll uh, go back to the original question. Was uh, was there one or two things coming out of the show this year that, that kind of knocked your socks off? Well, I heard there was this really, really good uh, government policy course taught. Um, <laughs> there I mean, was, uh, and it was well attended. Rumor from what has it, it got a near-perfect approval score from its attendees. Wow. Both of them. 24, thank you. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, you know, it as much as it wasn't a same old, same old show, there was a lot of same old, same old about it. Uh, there were some unique little little nuances, and I mean, I talked about those when during the AV week at the uh, at the that uh, took place at the show. Um, but it was kind of interesting in the respect of one of the trends that that I was watching for the last couple of years was the number of tech managers that would show up. And the tech manager population, I won't say that it kind of peaked, but I didn't see the presence as significantly as I have in the past um, as kind of like a standout. So I would, I would probably estimate that we, had, uh, we still had a very large presence of tech managers and those kinds of people there. I know for a fact that some of my clients were there. Um, but at the same time, we didn't necessarily uh, see the differentiation between the year before where there was a few of them and then a lot more of them and then a lot more of them. The, the growth in that market didn't seem as significant to me this year. Um, so you think we peaked wondering. maybe from a, per a percentage standpoint? I don't think we peaked. I, I think it was just along the lines of uh, let's let's factor in one interesting part here. The show was earlier than it's been before. Yeah. Usually the show takes place, you know, right before. Uh, we usually get back and it's Father's Day weekend. Um, That's the following Sunday. This time it was a week ahead of that, and so I'm wondering if um, schools closing out might have restricted the participation from some tech managers from higher ed institutions. Uh, other, you know, just the way in the schedule of the uh, the show that how that kind of played out as to whether or not that altered the populace. So I'd be very curious to see uh, how that affected it. Um, at the same time, technology-wise, you know, you're seeing everyone trying to get into the control market. 
Uh, Kramer's investment in the control market this year was massive. Uh, QSC is moving itself into the control market. And Buy camera market. If, well, yeah, but I'm I'm more. The, the thing is, a camera is a ubiquitous product that I can get from more than a dozen manufacturers. Yes, it integrates into their platform easier, but the fact that they're developing their own control platform and the fact that in talking to independent programming houses about potential projects, I've actually heard QSC pop up as a potential one that they that programming houses like Control Concepts are starting to look at investing time in learning. Hmm. Um, it's become something. It's becoming. Uh, it, it, they are achieving their goal of going after Crestron and saying, you know, we can provide products. Uh, you know, we're seeing further evolution in this industry of everybody trying to offer everything, and your the the top five six companies are starting to shift a little bit. Four years ago, QSC was not a top company. Now QSC is on the lips of people as the top companies that they're looking at for project products because of their unified platform, because they've incorporated video, because they're incorporating control. And this evolution is getting interesting because, you know, manufacturers, how they respond, how manufacturers partner with consultants and how they're going to partner with integrators in terms of, well, if you want to support us, you have to support everything we do because that was something that has been around for a while. And how they're going to move, are they going to move away from that? How accepting are they going to be being as you may end up having to pick a side as to which unified platform you want to play in. So I'm going to be very interested to see how all of this plays out um, and how the uh, how that affects the way that the sales or the sales groups of these organizations treats people when the answer is no. Well, and the other part of that is, and, and, and Josh, I'm, uh, Shanahan, I'm going to bring you in on this one. And, and just for a side note, remind me never to schedule two Joshers again. Uh, um, you never call me Josh anyway. I know. Should I go? Um, <laughs> how does that impact Shanahan when you go into higher ed or you go into an organization, a campus, let's say a, a corporate entity that has several campuses or several buildings? And, and this comes from a, a former tech manager, right? Because there were years where our budgets would ebb and flow. One year we would have X and the next year we would have 20% less. And so we would we would go with solution A the first year. And the next year we didn't have quite as much money, but we still had to get uh, the same amount of, of refresh, the same amount of, of rooms done. So we would have to go with something that was a little more economical or something or, or something different, right? So as you're you're planning out and you're doing a forecasting, how does this all in one solution mindset for manufacturers change how you know change how you go to market with some of these companies that do have you know several year plans but they maybe not have the entire budget in front of them um do you still go with with your your top level or do you maybe go middle of the road to make sure that you can get the entire runway well, i think you know a multi-year plan in tech is uh, you know <laughs> good luck right <laughs> yeah um uh, what what platform exists today, you know, might be consumed by someone else tomorrow, and it's not going to be the same, you know. So, um, you know, we try to avoid those situations as much as possible and just, um, you know, choose the best platform given the economics uh, at the current time that we feel has the best sustenance on the go forward. And, you know, it's you, you kick the can down the road if you can't subscribe to it all at one time. 
Um, I, I think the, the biggest thing is to consider, you know, open architecture uh, so that you're not pigeonholed into any one solution. Uh, that also has its own set of uh, challenges. So I don't know if there's any right answer there. Um, if you don't have all the money at one time, you know, you're taking a chance. You may be, you may be working from multiple platforms. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, uh, last question here is, as we get uh, let you guys go for your weekend. Uh, Meyerstown is talking with a, a bunch of different places. They, they recently helped do a, a number of different churches churches that have interesting, let's just say interesting architecture that is always creates um, challenges for sound. And uh, not to pick on, on the Catholics, love the Catholics, but a lot of times their older cathedrals are a lot of the times the more challenging audio um, instances. The reason I, I love having the three of you on today is because I'm going to ask one question to all three of you, and it's going to be different answers. How do you get into this market? The house of worship market has traditionally been very interesting, and, and for a lot of integrators, it's been hit and miss. And so, Shanahan, I'm going to start with you because you're the integrator, but also, you know, Shrego, you're a consultant, and, and Steve, uh, you're a service provider in, in providing programming. So, Mr. Shanahan, how do you get in to the house of worship market, or should you even get in to the house of worship market? You always ask me the best questions, Tim. <laughs> you know, we, we, we've been challenged in the house of worship, worship market because um, a lot of our our clients are gaming customers, so it's uh, you know that's not necessarily uh, looked favorably upon in the in the religious marketplaces. But uh, we, we have done several large uh, house of worship jobs in the past, and really the the beyond video because video is now a very big part of what these congregations use and leverage um, every week. But um, it's really the the acoustic knowledge um, that you have on staff. It's the sound quality the intelligibility um, in these places and you know we were fortunate enough and we still have a semi-retired master acoustician on on staff and that when you're able to cite that in a uh, in a sales presentation it does go a long way um, and, and I would say audio and at this point in time in our industry still has a lot of mystery it's um, it's an electromagnetic analog device um, that has uh, can sound many different ways uh, given the acoustic environment that they're applied to. So um, it's really it's really that knowledge, that expertise of the acoustic environment and how it's going to sound, um, and modeling that perhaps ahead of time uh, using ease or, or or whatever other tools you want to deploy. Yeah, that's that's a good point. The fact that you know there's there are folks who who do video rather well, but but getting the 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 black magic of of acoustic right especially in some of these places, is, is very difficult. Uh, Strago, how, do you, uh, how would you suggest either integration side or, or uh, consultant side get into this market? Work for a manufacturer that provides low-cost speakers for about four and a half years. Okay, I'm not asking uh, what can't... you did. I said how would you... <laughs> I can't tell you how many churches I've done uh, having worked with TOA. I, yeah. I really can't. Um, it basically, it, it is... It, I don't want to make it sound negative, but House of Worship, I believe, is the second most difficult market out there behind only residential. Wow. 
Uh, and the reason for that is because in residential, you're going into someone's home. That is where they live, that, and you're creating an environment, and you're creating an experience inside their home. House of Worship is the second behind that because they're dealing with limited funds often um, in terms of what they're getting from donations in order to provide for that. Additionally, you're dealing with an inevitable circumstance where someone comes in and uh, is there in smaller houses of worship, uh, and in particular, uh, very often, the Catholic church environment. You're dealing with someone who comes in and says, well, I w used to mix sound when I was a teenager. I know how all this stuff works. Okay, let's work together and find a solution for you. And you're dealing with a system that is always low on budget. You're dealing with a system that is always high on demand. And it's a very, very difficult environment to negotiate across of those. At the same time, what you can achieve in those environments is sometimes amazing. And some of the unique solutions that you have to look to um, creates these really amazing experiences because you are now touching people uh, individually based on something that is near and dear to them in their faith. Yeah. Um, when I was when I first did an integration job, and it was a very very long time ago in a very very small place that did a lot of very very small local churches, one of the reasons they did it was because they saw it as a good opportunity and an easy and a relatively easy market to work with. But the way that they sold it, and I will never forget this, was my boss at the time basically said, the the big pitch that we focus on is, well, don't you want to hear the word of God? Wow. And that you know can it's a dangerous phrase to use but at the same time it's that a was brilliant a phrase to use are you kidding me okay depending Nobody on how you know that well yeah that's the thing no no seriously i mean re again, well, no, again, religious I... or not and, and this is somebody i've been i've gone to church since i was probably two weeks old is so as somebody who in that space still go you know pretty regularly i think it's a brilliant phrase to use yeah and that was his pitch of and now, granted, then he would go go and offer them a Bose Pro solution, so God knows what they were actually hearing. But um, so he was asking the question, but not really providing the solution. Okay, I, I, there's a reason I didn't stay there very long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and basically, what you're looking at in these environments um, is is incorporation of a lot of this stuff. And basically, we are. Um, you know, we, we are there to provide a service and a solution and the video and, and the fact, uh, to be perfectly honest, I've been talking about this internally about a project that we are, you know, we just made a proposal on for a Catholic house of worship. All right, Mr. Greenblatt, from your standpoint, and, and this may be completely unfair to you. Um, is this something that you're is even on your radar, Steve? It was very... So, so <clears throat> excuse me, so for us... N not the market that we target, but it's something that it requires, like any other type of specialty, uh, knowledge about it, understanding who the users are, understanding what applications they need. Where 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 control comes in most, I think, in houses of worship starts with lighting. So, um, to, the way I would think to get in to that market is to follow the lighting, and uh, and I have actually in my career. Um, program lighting systems that have been in houses of worship. Um, and, and we have done a little bit of AV, but it isn't really the market that we go after. But you, you need to understand what they need. It's not a boardroom. It's not a conference room. It's not a home theater. It's, it's you know, and you have to understand 
what types of controls and how they plan on using it and and so so I think that it is something that you can perfect and it's something that um, can be a um, a lucrative business uh, if if the opportunities are there to to get the work and that that's where you see your skills you know best align um, but um, I mean it, it isn't something that we do regularly um, if an opportunity came up um, and we felt comfortable with it we w we would approach it but um, but but you know it, it definitely uh, you you um, get good at it by experience I mean this is really where what I would say right. very good all right guys that's gonna do it uh, for this week mr. Shanahan thank you sir I appreciate you stopping by Thank you, Jim. How can people find you, uh, find out more about you, or, or Sport Video Tech or NSCA? Yeah, you go to gosvt.com or nsca.org, or just give me a ring. All right, very good. Mr. Greenblatt, thank you, sir. Thank you. Glad to be here. How can people uh, get a hold of you or find out more about Control Concepts? Uh, me, uh, I'm on social media at Steve Greenblatt. Um, check me out on Snapchat. That's what I've been doing a lot lately. Uh, just having a little bit of fun with it. Um, and uh, our website is controlconcepts.net. But I'll I'll pull a uh, I'll follow in your shoes. You know, check out a state of control though. Don't don't worry about me. Check out a state of control there at avnation.tv. Yeah. yeah, he's got some cool stuff. He actually did an interview at uh, at AMX's Ace Conference. So we'll have that shortly. Uh, Mr. Srego, how do people find you? Uh, at jsrego.com. Oh, excuse me. At jsrego oh, wow. on Twitter. Yeah, that's how tired I am right now. At jsrego on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn. You can also email me at josh at avnation.tv. And I would really like you to email me because as uh, Mr. Neto uh, announced today on Twitter, uh, we are beginning the efforts for AV Month uh, already. We're starting to look at our 31 and 31 this would be our third year doing it, I think. This will be our third year. Uh, third year doing it. And the first year was the most entertaining because I decided to start it on October 2nd. Yes. Um, Explain to people right. real quickly what 31 and 31 is. So 31 and 31 is October is AV month. It's when we're promoting the industry, making activities to, to reach out and expand beyond it. And two years ago, I had the bright idea on October 2nd, right after uh, Red Band and AV Nation uh, sort of merged. Um, to say, hey, why don't we do 31 posts in 31 days? Uh, and everyone was like, that's fantastic. Why don't we do it next year? And I went, well, let's try it this year and see what happens. And we ended up with, I think, 42 posts in 31 days between shows and blogs. And we're going to do it again this year. Last year, we were, last year it was another successful year. I think we ended up almost 60 in the month of October, and it's, you know, these are the opportunity to share your story, to talk about the community, to talk about, you know, how you got into it, or address an issue and write a short post, and you know, work with me or work with uh, some of our other producers, and 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 figure out, you know, start, you know, put your, we're giving you an opportunity to put your voice out there. So if it's something you're interested in, please email me at josh at avnation.tv. Um, if you'd like to find me and hire me to do work for you, though, you can reach out to tcom uh, at tcom.com. And we are, you know, a full-service, low-voltage consulting firm in the Bay Area, but we are now actually an international company with offices in Portland, Oakland, and the UK. Uh, and then we also have some uh, reach down in the Texas market as well. So uh, we've got, uh, you know, we're expanding constantly. Mm -hmm, very good. 
Uh, also, uh, if you don't follow me, uh, but go by the website if you would please. Avianation.tv. Avianation.tv, you'll find this program. Steve's a state of control. Uh, Ed Tech, a whole lot of other stuff going on. Um, we're doing a, a special right now on India, Infocom India. Uh, there's a good chance that we're going to be covering it, uh, sending a, a couple folks uh, over to Mumbai in uh, September. Also, uh, we're going to do uh, right after Infocom India is Cedia in, in Dallas. So we'll be send, sending some folks down there. So check out the website for that and a whole lot others. Uh, Avianation.tv, Avianation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. This has been AV Week.